loves it when you talk to him. When you are praying, you're telling him what he means to you, or you're asking him for something. You are acknowledging that he is powerful and he is able to accomplish those things that you're asking him to do. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder, and today we're going to be studying the book of Revelation again. We're in Revelation chapter 5, and I hope that you do follow along with your Bible, unless you're driving, of course. Uh, we would love to also make sure you follow along with a Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. We have them available for free. Either, either we can mail you a copy, or you can print it out, or save it to your digital device, your uh, your laptop, your tablet, or your phone. And and uh, there you can uh, zoom in and look at the different aspects of the end times. And the prophecy chart starts with the church age, which is the age we're in right now. But the church age is going to end at the rapture of the church. Today, we're going to talk about the, the, the throne room scene where the question has been asked, who is worthy to open this this book, this scroll. It's basically the the title deed of the earth, the, the layout of the end times and how it's all going to culminate with the person that is worthy to take the earth. And that, of course, is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, Jesus the Lord. And so today we're going to talk about the four living creatures. The, the King James says the four beasts. These are four worshipable beings around the throne. The 24 elders, which I think represent both the church and the nation of Israel who fall down before the lamb, each of them with harps and, and vials of odors, the, the fragrance, and it says they are the prayers of the saints. How important is prayer? And, and if you think of prayer as wafting up to God and it's a sweet smell to him, we need to do more prayer, don't we? To get the Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart, just contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. And don't forget, we're also tonight on TBN, our TV program, In Grace, and we're going to be featuring a brand new program. It's called Discover Hidden Israel 5, and we're going to be searching for some really neat things in Israel as we drive from Jerusalem to Jericho with Dr. Scott Stripling. Tonight on TBN, anytime on YouTube or Roku, if you go to the YouTube channel, In Grace, please be a subscriber, uh, get alerts to the videos. You can also also comment on the videos and like them if you like them. The more that you do that, the more YouTube pushes that to other people. In Grace Radio is fine. In Grace TV, you get the visual as well. So I hope that you'll watch tonight or anytime on YouTube or Roku. I tell you what, the Bible is very clear and very specific about what is happening at the end. We do believe that we're near the end. And you say, well, you're just trying to scare people, sensationalize. Actually, what we're trying to do is understand the scripture as God wants us to. And we take Revelation literally where possible because that's how we take the entire Bible. Literally where possible. Uh, so there are a few places in scripture, you know, it's talking metaphorically 
symbolically, the mountains clapping hands, things like that. There's literary prose and things that you have to look at it by context. But when we can take it literally, and in Revelation, we can mostly, it is astounding when we start to see the things unfolding. Revelation really is confusing to some people, but it's not that complicated. If you put some time into it, if you put some study into it, it's really not that hard. So we're going through Revelation verse by verse in a series called Armageddon's Dawn. Armageddon is found in Scripture. It's referring to the last war, the last battle. And this is at the very end of what we call the tribulation period. Let me show it to you on the prophecy chart. You'll have these. If you're in the room, you'll have them in your hands. They were in the bulletins, and we also include some of the verses that we'll be using. But this is the tribulation period. We know we're somewhere in this church age, and eventually the church will be taken into heaven. We call the rapture. We find that in Scripture very clearly. So when will that happen? We don't know. There's nothing that has to happen prophetically before the rapture to happen. So that's why we believe it to be imminent. In other words, it could happen today. There's nothing that has to happen prophetically before Jesus comes back. So does that mean anything to you? Does that make you live any different than if you didn't believe this? I have a friend. He's a good man that believes that we're in the millennium. And I have so much fun with that because it's called amillennialism. And uh, I just, every time something really horrible is happening in the news, I just like to copy and send that, that article to him. You know, it's just a thousand years of peace and righteousness and the lamb and the lion lying down together and all of these things. It just doesn't seem like it's happening because it's not. We're, we are still in, in this final age, the church age. But anyways, the, the tribulation is coming. The Bible is very clear about it. So when we read in Revelation, as we will read today, that there's the scene in heaven, and it's the, the prelude to the beginning of the judgments. We're just at the very beginning, here again on the chart, we have three series of judgment. We have the seal judgment, the trumpet judgment, and the bowl judgment. These occur in succession. The first six seals are opened, and as the seal is opened, the judgment is poured out upon the earth. The seventh seal is the beginning of the next judgment, which we call the trumpet judgment. The seventh trumpet is the beginning of the final series of seven judgments, or what we call the bowl or vile judgments. So these judgments will be poured out upon the earth, and they're, they're horrible, and they get worse, and they get worse, and they get worse. The world has gone through some terrible things, but nothing compared to what is coming upon the earth. That's why we call it the tribulation starting with the Antichrist, one that will make a peace treaty with Israel, the person that finally achieves peace in the Middle East, a seven-year peace treaty is the Antichrist. I don't believe I will see that, uh, that peace treaty side. I believe we will be raptured just before that. But either way, we do see all of these things coming closer and closer and closer. The world is searching for a person that has the solutions, the world is looking and hoping, and everyone has tried for peace in the Middle East, and everyone has failed from Carter to Reagan to Obama to Trump so far. Peace has eluded all of these leaders. That would be the greatest thing that they could ever achieve, they think, is peace in the Middle East. But we know there will be peace in the Middle East, in Israel, in the world, 
And that's when the Prince of Peace, Jesus, comes, sits on the throne of David, the literal physical throne of David, and rules and reigns. And those that are believers in him will be ruling with him. We're going to get into all of that today. But the Bible, people are confused about the Bible. They say, well, what's the Bible all about? Well, Revelation is kind of, it's the last book. It's the last chapter, if you will. And if you want to read how everything concludes, that's Revelation. Revelation 1 was revealing why Jesus would be the, the, the prime figure of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the culmination of who he is. And he came the first time as a baby in Bethlehem to die. He came uh, riding on a donkey to be a servant. He came as a lamb. Revelation is the revealing of Jesus as the lion. The second coming is on a white horse. He's coming to rule, to reign in power and in glory. And so that's revelation. And uh, Genesis is how this all started. You know, the world has always been searching for how did we get here? Uh, in Alaska, we were just in Alaska, and, and many of the, the guides and interpreters of these different trips that we went on were talking about how we got here. And they talked about geology or anthropology or whatever it was, but the Bible tells us how we got here in very clear terms. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In these last few days, a lot of has been talked about the Apollo missions, as we recently uh, commemorated the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong's landing on the moon. And we did a special episode on In Grace with astronaut Charlie Duke, Apollo 16. He walked on the moon. You need to watch that. If you haven't seen it, go to our YouTube channel and watch that. It did very well, by the way, on TBN, both part one and part two. But along with that, I was watching one on the History Channel, uh, and they played the uh, the first mission around the moon, and they read Genesis 1 in its entirety. And we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that's the Bible. It tells us how we got here. It tells us about creation. And creation is incredible. Creation is beautiful. Only the first two chapters talk about creation. And then chapter 3, we find the fall and the whole rest of the Bible from Genesis 3 all the way through Revelation is redemption. So first two chapters, creation. The rest of the Bible is redemption. It's an easy way to understand the Bible. But creation is incredible. Creation is beautiful. And when we say creation, when we look around and we see the things that God has created, we're looking at the fall in creation. We're looking at the result of sin. And, and, and it's not in a perfect form right now. That will be restored, and it's going to be incredible. But the creation that we see today it really is remarkable. It's really incredible. If you really want to see creation in all its glory, I may I suggest going to Alaska. God created the heavens of the earth. He spent six days doing it. He spent about a day on Illinois and Wisconsin in the Midwest. He, then he went to Alaska and spent the rest of the time. Because Alaska is just an incredible place. I have... Seven of my favorite creatures that we saw with our eyes in Alaska. The first one is a whale. The first day, Karen and I saw orcas that were swimming off probably about 100 yards off the ship. But incredible creatures, magnificent creatures, these huge, massive whales. 
in the ocean, and you can just see them. Some, uh, the, uh, one of the boats that we went on, the, guy, the captain said just the day before, they had taken a, a photography crew, he didn't say who it was, and they had one of these humpbacks breaching. It was just like in midair. It was just the most beautiful picture. I said, can you send me that picture? He's like, absolutely not. He would get so much in trouble if he shared that with us. I'm sure you'll see it in some publication, but it was just magnificent, these, these whales. And then we also saw eagles, eagles everywhere. Eagles are just everywhere, just beautiful, incredible, magnificent creatures that God created. I mean, what would it take for us to, to create something like that? We usually create something that we've seen, right? Uh, or we paint a picture of something we've seen. And, but, but God created these incredible, beautiful creatures like the bald eagle, another magnificent creature of God. Then we also saw halibut. That's uh, one of the fish. We went fishing a couple times. And the first time, I went with a, a gentleman from Minnesota. And we, I'm embarrassed to say, got skunked. Uh, he actually caught one, threw it back because it was in the first five minutes and you can only keep two. And it wasn't a really huge one, so he threw it back. That's the last halibut that we saw on that trip. When we got back to the cruise, everyone said, how did you do? How'd you do? I said, if you have to ask a fisherman how he did, you know he didn't do very well. Because a fisherman will tell you how he did if he did good. If a fisherman doesn't tell you how he did, he did terrible. Well, that's how I did on uh, the, my last fishing trip. But uh, incredible. Beautiful. These are flatfish. Uh, they'll catch them on some of these boats up to 200 pounds. Commercial fishermen will catch them up to 500 pounds. You can only imagine the size of that fish. But both eyes are on the top. has a white uh, uh, bottom side. And it's just the weirdest. It's like somebody took this thing and like twisted his head and smushed it. These halibut are incredible, beautiful creatures. And they're delicious, by the way. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, You'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE that's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. Well, how do we tie in that with the seven things the Lamb deserves? Well, the seven creatures, these seven marvelous creatures set in a incredible landscape when you have glaciers and mountains and meadows and uh, all forests and tundra and, uh, and rivers you have these incredible creatures the most marvelous work of Christ was not creation how how marvelous it is and how beautiful it is the most incredible marvelous work of Jesus was not creation it was 
redemption. We have to remember that. Because he was slain and now he's alive, we can have hope for the future. There was a town in Alaska we passed by called Hope. And I didn't go there. We didn't have time, but I would love to live in Hope. First Baptist Church of Hope, Alaska. Lord, if you want me there, just tell me very clearly. <laughs> You're surprised I came back, aren't you? You really are. Like, you went to Alaska and you came back? Yeah. I came back because of you, not because of where we live. <laughs> because he is alive. And that's the theme of this message as we conclude Revelation chapter 5. Remember chapter 4? The throne room. The throne room scene of heaven. Let me show you again the throne room picture as we saw the four creatures. These four creatures represent the creation. The different creatures. We have, of course, man, the, the great creation. Not an animal, but made different, unique, but part of creation. And we have the fowls. We have the beasts of the field. We have the beasts of the forests. We have the all of creation here represented in these four creatures that worship the Lord day and night at all times. And of course, we have the throne itself, the light coming out of the throne. We have the seven uh, fire, a sevenfold manifestation of the Spirit of God. And then we find, as we look at chapter 5, we find the lambs. So we have the Trinity all represented in heaven. And then we also have these 12 on each side, the four and 20 elders, the 24 elders representing the people of God. So these creatures represent the creation of God. These 24 elders represent the people of God. And then we find angels, thousands upon thousands of angels, all singing praise and glory to our wonderful Savior. Chapters four and five is the throne room. We're seeing the worship, pure, unadulterated worship. Every part of our life ought to be worship. Every part of our life, not just when we gather and not just when we have our singing, but even while we're preaching. I'm hoping that this major important part of the service is part of worship as we read things like Revelation 5, 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne we are worshipful when we hear that. Why? Because remember earlier in chapter 5, John was weeping because no one was found that, could, that was worthy to open the seal on this book, this scroll, this title deed of the earth. But finally one was found and it was the lamb and the lion. It was Jesus himself. Verse 8, and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the 24 elders, again, remember, representing God's people and God's creation, all of creation, fell down before the Lamb. We don't always fall down to our knees when we worship the Lord, but perhaps we should sometimes. Perhaps we should be on our knees when we go to the Lord in prayer and in worship. And having every one of them harps. Isn't that interesting? Why harps? Well, we find harps throughout Scripture. When we read about worship, when we read about singing in the Bible, often we find harps. Harp is a, a beautiful instrument. Beautiful music sounds come, comes out of the harp. 
I think we have to be really careful about the music that we listen to, that it's not fleshly, that it doesn't orient from a a wicked uh, lifestyle or genre. Be really careful about that. And we find the music of heaven is predominantly strings. Uh, Not only, but we find strings, strings and harps here and golden vials full of odors. What is that? Well, remember, we're talking about the picture of this throne room and how it correlates with the picture of the Old Testament tabernacle and the Old Testament temple, right? So here we're finding the fragrance, the altar of incense, this beautiful fragrance that is going up. The Bible says that these are, look back at verse 8, which are the prayers of the saints. Have you ever thought, when you pray to God, that there's, a, there's an ascent, there's a, a fragrance. God loves it when you pray. God loves it when you talk to him. God, it, that, that means so much to him. Why? Because when you are praying, when you are worshiping the Lord in prayer, or you're, 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 you're telling him what he means to you, or you're asking him for something, you are acknowledging that he is powerful and he is able to accomplish those things that you're asking him to do. We, we don't ever pray enough. I think we should live our life in an attitude of prayer. At just the, the, the moment's notice, we don't even have to close our eyes. And, and actually, it's probably better while you're driving not to close your eyes. But to always have that attitude of, Lord, in this situation... I I need your help. I need to depend on you. I need your wisdom. Uh, Tell me exactly what to do. And if you have that heart of just always asking the Lord, praising the Lord, when in Alaska, just seeing the, the incredible mountains, the glaciers, the ice fields, the glaciers are just slow moving rivers of ice coming down, carving huge boulders and, 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 uh, gravel is coming as a result of these glaciers. The Bible, uh, the flood, the aftermath of the flood would have necessitated an ice age, and it's still receding. You know, one of the things that everyone's so worried about are the glaciers are melting, the glaciers are melting. You know what they've been melting? One glacier, they know for sure it's been melting since the 1400s. Well, I think that was a little before the internal combustion engine, pretty much. Uh, and in one day, because of an earthquake, they found the glacier had retreated a quarter mile in one day. So let's not be so worried about that. Maybe we should worry more about killing innocent unborn babies than we, than we should about some of, these, some of these other things. I'm not saying we should pollute, and I certainly am not preaching that. But I'm saying let's get our priorities straight. Let's promote righteousness and truth more than environmentalism. We'll continue right there tomorrow as we talk about the seven things that the lamb deserves. And boy, does he deserve the the glory and the honor and the prayer. And he is so worthy. And I can't wait to actually be around the throne worshiping the lamb of God. Just before we go, don't forget tonight, we're gonna be broadcasting our In Grace television program on the nation's largest Christian television network, the Trinity Broadcasting Network or TBN. 
again. So watch tonight. You can also watch anytime on YouTube. And when you go to YouTube, search for In Grace, subscribe, get alerts. You can comment right there about In Grace videos. And we are going to be featuring a brand new series from Israel with Dr. Scott Stripling, my archaeologist friend. You can also get the free Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart when you contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. When you contact us, don't forget to ask for the eight-part Armageddon's Dawn video series, which we filmed in Israel, and that's for your gift of any amount. And we have a 43-part audio series, Armageddon's Dawn. You will be very prepared and equipped to know what's coming in the end times. Call now to Stand With Israel and get your free print. Or when you donate to In Grace, get the video series Discover Hidden Israel 5. And for those of you giving $150 or more, you will receive an exclusive, limited edition canvas print depicting the rebuilt Third Temple in Jerusalem. Join our mission to celebrate Israel and reach more people with the gospel. Call today at 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.